You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. It's called Heat Stroke. <laughs> oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> you're, you're telling me my Pilsner cardboard cowboy hat didn't protect me from that? <laughs> that might have added to it. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Travis Curra here. Literally, I have not spoken to Brazilian Ty since his episode. Ty, do you have a Hello. statement? I do. I have prepared a statement. Um, <clears throat> I'll just... Uh... Oh, yes, here it is. After what I believed was a rational thought, I accepted the two-episode suspension with no ill will towards yourself or the entire two-and-out management. I'd like to thank Adam, Joe, Mike, and Andrew for filling in in my unnecessary absence. That being said, I regret nothing and I take nothing back. Thank you. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the two-and-out podcast. That does that, I guess. <laughs> is that, does that work for you? How was your break? Uh, I am sore, <laughs> uh, tired, and I'm finally dried out. Dried out? What do you mean? Uh, we golfed in what can oh. only be described as a absolute hurricane on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Did it correct your slice or what? <laughs> oh, I, I got to hit from the girls' tees, man. It was unreal. <laughs> I got I got paired I got paired in a two man scramble with my buddy's fiance, and that means that the guys get to hit from the forward tees too. Uh, I we were in the lead at one point, and then I cracked my tenth beer, and it kind of went downhill from there. Uh, we finished day one plus three, finished the tournament plus fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be happy to know that I think the suspension gained you a lot of fans. I know it's the ultimate heel move. So, so you kind of, well, there there were haters. We, we yeah, know you're going to get those regardless, and we all know that I don't care. Yeah, I, I really don't think you care, which is probably my favorite <laughs> part about you. Um, That's fair. Thank you. But there were actually more than one person, more than one people. That doesn't make any sense, and I don't know how to correct it. So that we're using the hashtag Free Brazilian Tie. There was. On the website, there was a comment there. Uh, uh, on the on on the Twitter machine, on the Facebook, free Brazilian tie might be a thing. Like I feel like this should be a, a button or something at the Grey Cup. And I also feel like this will not be the last time we have to use it. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Does this Grey Cup have its own jail, like on the Simpsons episode when they go to the Super Bowl? Hey, was that the old uh, Philadelphia Stadium that had a uh, jail on site? I think so. Man, that... <laughs> and you know that jail would be in real good shape in oh, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Rats the size of golden retrievers running around. <laughs> Mike Schmidt's probably down there still. <laughs> Uh, let's go through some news before we preview 
the week three games, I thought this was awesome. So at the beginning of June, it was announced that the CFL had a TV deal with a uh, TV station based in Mexico City. And now they're getting really close to signing off on a deal, a streaming deal, to have most of the CFL games streamed in Mexico. It actually really does seem that football fans in that country want to see how their players are doing in the CFL. And I... I really don't think that anybody thought it would have this sort of effect. I'm not saying that there are 50 million or 75 million people watching it or whatever, but the fact that people in Mexico, no matter how small or how large the number is, there are people there paying attention Mm -hmm. to the Canadian game. I love that. I I think it's awesome, and and we've said it over and over again since CFL 2.0 started. Uh, you know, the more eyes on the league, the better, uh, you know, to to grow it in as many countries as you can. Like, you look at WrestleMania and the Super Bowl, and, you know, those are in 180 countries or 160 countries across yeah. the world uh, every, every year. Uh, you know, with the CFL now, with what Randy Ambrosi has done with, with all the leagues uh, in Europe and in Mexico, now getting this deal, it's, the more eyes, the better, in my in my opinion. I know there's a thought out there that, you know, attendance so far this season has been down six and a half percent. But Ambrosi is pushing the CFL 2.0 thing. I, I just think, man, if attendance is going to be down, maybe he does need to find new ways to bring revenues mm. to the league. Is is that more up to the teams to bring more more people into the stands individually? Uh, is that really up to the league? I feel like the league has given them a platform to make things happen. Each team has their own marketing department. Some are stronger than others. Some not so much. Uh, <laughs> Breaking but, news. <laughs> I, I think the league has given them a platform, and there's a great product out on the field so far this year. Hmm. I saw a stat that most ga- or the games so far averaging 65 points a game. Last year at this time, it was like 51 and there are less two and outs. It, it seems like the season has got off to a better start than the past few few years, and that bodes well for what's to come, I think, because it only gets better as the season goes on. But is that on Ambrosie or is that on the teams? Well, we see in Edmonton, you know, they have halftime acts throughout the year, and that does get extra, extra uh, fans out. Um, you know, you're always going to be strong. In, in Saskatchewan and Winnipeg especially, it seems. I, I don't know what the league could do differently to attract fans. I, I think, like, other than, like, from a marketing standpoint, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be people out there thinking I'm an idiot, but I think it's on the teams to attract fans, whether it's season ticket holders, which, I mean, if you're a season ticket holder... And for like, if your dad was and you inherited and keep going, then that's a different story. But to get new ones, uh, to get the walk up, uh, uh, people are, are you know who will buy the tickets throughout the week. We're seeing right now in Regina that you know tickets aren't flying off the website like we like they used to. Uh, granted, they are zero and two. Well, and the honeymoon phase with the new stadium is almost over, and the mm-hmm. price is expensive. It's a premium ticket. Absolutely, now. it is, and, and you know. With, and I, people are like, I, I know weather is unpredictable, 
but that uh, but, you affects know, you, the walk-up you, crowd yeah yeah well that's what i mean right like if you have plans if you have no plans on a saturday and in the morning you check the forecast like oh i wonder if the weather's nice we'll go out to the game and you see a 70 percent chance of rain well you're not buying those tickets you're going to watch at home and the tv product is good enough where you know you can yeah. sacrifice going to the game and watching on your couch so it's on the te- it's on the teams to figure it out for sure. It's an interesting time uh, because Ryder fans they've been casting stones at other teams, saying that mm-hmm. you know what, hey, we've sold out our stadium for the better part of the last decade. Well, <laughs> I really don't care that it's Canada Day. <laughs> I I really don't. I I think that's awesome that they're having a game on Canada Day, and it was only about two thousand nine two thousand ten that the league started the season on Canada Day, and I love that initiative. I thought that was the most Canadian thing you could do to have the CFL starting on Canada Day. So I don't get the complaints there. I, I really don't know what's... what's... The, only, the, the only thing I could think is that I... And I know it's Canada Day on the Monday, but I would rather have it on the Sunday. And then, you know, your long weekend, you're able to drive home on the Monday, and then you're back to work Tuesday. If, if you're, like, for us, especially, like... If I were to go to the game, I'm six hours away, right? But yeah, the the top row in Regina that does go for uh, let's see, seventy five bucks. Uh, no, that, that's too much. Before all of the fees and uh, in Edmonton, people saying upper deck seats for fifty five are even too much. So I, I just mm-hmm. think that the entertainment dollar for people is is it's stretched too thin, and I. Uh, people are canceling cable packages, and the, you know they're they're saving wow, money on entertainment story. as much as they they can. It's all entertainment. Yeah, and people they cancel all their cable subscriptions, and then they get Netflix and Crave, and you know then the TSN Direct and Sportsnet, and they pay and more than cable. To, <laughs> then they get bundled together, and they think they're saving money because they're not paying cable. Well, you're paying more now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so right on, but. Uh, like I don't know, I don't know if it's the entertainment dollar is getting stretched too thin, or it's just, you know, people aren't. We're not where we were in, in 2010 when it comes to at 110 dollars a barrel for oil, and everybody right. was working. And I'm not saying people aren't working now, but like people were a lot more irresponsible. Oh, they were just uh, disposable income. I'm going to have this stupid. money forever, you know. Yeah, and it'll never dry up, and, and now you're selling everything. Um, but, you know, people don't have I, – I don't know if it's stretched too thin or if it's just the entertainment budget isn't there like it used to be, which, yeah, which that's is a probably, huge issue too. that's probably right? what I mean there. Yeah, the budget. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think that we're not live event people anymore no. as a society. Attendance is dropping off at everything. It's not just sports, it's concerts, mm-hmm. it's it's everything. Uh, when these stadiums and going to the stadium for either a concert or a hockey game or a football game, it's a relatively new idea. So when all these stadiums were built, I think everybody's like, yeah, let's all get together. And now, <laughs> I don't think people, they, they care too much about inconveniencing themselves to go to these big mm-hmm. events. Well, and like you look at Edmonton, there's... A very limited parking, uh, so you have to you still have to drive to get to an LRT, and then to get out of there is a gong show. Getting to the LRT station, I think people look at that as a huge inconvenience. You do have um, to work you know, to go; like it's it's yeah, a process. Oh, you absolutely, you absolutely do, and you know it does get it gets a little stressful uh, if you're not good with crowds or you know in tight spaces surrounded by people that you don't know. 
Um, and so I get that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that there's, it, it takes a lot of work to go. Like you're leaving, you got to leave two hours before kickoff so that you can make sure that you get there on time with the public transit and everything. And then you, you're there for three and a half hours. Uh, you probably got to eat and, and get drinks either before or during the game. And then you, it's an hour to get home. Uh, you know, and it, it gets expensive and, and you look at it like if you got to take off work early, well, then you add those funds in, uh, or if you got to take a day off for travel, if you're coming from out of town and I know it's not, not exactly your walk up crowd coming from out of town and stuff like that. But I mean, it, the prices aren't like 75 bucks for upper row in, in Saskatchewan. That seems a little excessive to me, but, um, and I mean, 55 isn't the cheapest either, but at the same time, that's for, for the entertainment that we get. I don't. I don't know. Like a hockey game is going to cost you two hundred bucks. Yeah, go, I don't so. know how much they can move. It's it's just the way it is no. now. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, like I said, there's nowhere they can go, and the prices aren't going to go down. And you don't so. want to undervalue your product too. That's a whole another no another conversation. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not smart enough to have that one. I know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the league did announce that there were three players that uh, got fined. Uh, after week two, uh, Eddie Wilson, the second from Hamilton, was fined uh, for a tourist hit on Argos mm-hmm. kicker Ronnie Pfeffer, who is not going to be playing this week, and hopefully he'll be able to get back uh, in there. He's got an injury. Uh, Eskimos D lineman Nick Usher was fined for using the crown of his helmet to hit Mike Riley, and man, he got hit a lot. But the the one uh, <laughs> that uh, everybody was talking about after week two was Mac Henry of the Riders was fined for. They're calling it unnecessary contact inside the bench area on Dom Davis. You weren't on the show last week, and uh, you got in trouble for talking about hits on quarterbacks. <laughs> what mm-hmm. did you think about that one? <laughs> Henry doing his best Kyle Lowry impression of trying to take a charge. Uh, <laughs> when you do that, though, you don't drop a shoulder into the quarterback's chest. No, no, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> like true. That, that, like, unnecessary? Yep. Idiotic? Yep, fine, well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's roll into the Week 3 games. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, the first game of the week is the Edmonton Eskimos 2-0 heading to Winnipeg as the Bombers come off a bye, and it is their home opener. I should mention that the Bombers are 5-0 after a bye since 2017, starting with some Edmonton notes. Jovan Santos Knox, I mean, early in the week, it looked like he was going to get on the roster. He was going to debut against his old team. Now... He's on the six-game injured list. So that Edmonton Eskimo linebacking core of Santos Knox, Don Unamba, and Larry Dean, it's only Larry Dean on the field right now. Yeah, yet to be united. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, once everybody's healthy, that'll fix some problems that that defense has been having. Uh, you Wait, know, what getting, problems? Exactly. <laughs> like, geez. Number one uh, in the league right now, the Eskimos. Yeah. You, you get, if you can get all three of those guys going, it, it, it's not a it, it's a good problem to have. You have those three uh, line, as your linebacking core. Uh, right now with Santos Knox hitting the sixth game, he'll be out for a while. But 
you know, once these guys get going, it'll be something to watch for sure. We still haven't seen DeVaris Daniels on the field for the Eskimos. Looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. He was one of the scratches last week. He was on the mm-hmm. roster. So, I mean, he's working at getting back on or getting on to the field, period, for the Eskimos. And then uh, Jacob Ruby hits the one-game injured list on the offensive line. So Travis Bond is on the roster for his first start against his old team there. I, I don't really like when a team needs to switch what's happening on the offensive line, but when, when Travis Bond is a backup, I think you've got some nice little depth there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's usually a pretty good sign for your offensive line. We're still not going to be seeing Alex Bazzi uh, for the Eskimos, who remains on the one-game injured list. On to some notes with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Patrick Newfeld hits the six-game injured list. O'Shea just called it a business decision. The Bombers looked okay with their young offensive linemen uh, against BC. They're cheaper options, so it looks like they're just making some cap savings there. We're going to mm-hmm. see uh, Marcus Rios. He's a defensive back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers making his debut. Uh, he's mostly going to be playing special teams. Did you read the story about Marcus Rios that uh, was written this week by Ted Wyman in the Winnipeg Sun? It was absolutely incredible. When he was 19 years old, he was playing at UCLA he suddenly went blind, and he was actually originally diagnosed with brain cancer, so they were treating him for it. It turns out he did not have brain cancer. He actually had an invasive fungal infection. Ugh. Only 12 people have ever been diagnosed with it. Eight of them died without recovering. Three recovered but later died from the disease. The math there is that Marcus Rios is the only guy still standing from the 12 people to ever have this infection, and he's going to be playing for the Bombers. I, I just think it's incredible. He calls himself the Miracle Boy, and uh, I wish all the best of luck to him, man. That That is amazing. Like, like you said, is. one of 12. It, it's, it was, that's crazy. Like, odds stacked against them. And it, it, like any professional sport, odds are stacked against you to make it. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? Like, it's, what is it? 0.001% of minor hockey players in Canada actually make the NHL or something like that. Like, it's a crazy wow. low odds. And for the odds to be against you that early on, even before you have a chance to become a professional athlete, it's just that's amazing that, you know, he's made the recovery like he has, and, and now he's getting a chance to play professional football. Chris Matthews is going to get into the lineup for the Blue Bombers as Kenny the King Lawler leaves the depth chart. <laughs> I have to call him Kenny the King Lawler. I know. Absolutely I, know. <laughs> I can't even be mad at you. I think this is going to be a fascinating game. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, <laughs> man, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. So uh, the Eskimos were really able to get after Mike, or the Bombers were, nah, mm-hmm. the Lions were able to get a, what? No, hey, the really. Eskimos. <laughs> yes, I'm use still your not words. used to Mike Riley being a Lion. <laughs> yeah, he also doesn't have a beard anymore. I know, like what? what's going on? <laughs> I don't know, I, I sacrificed it to, for, to make the O-line better, I don't know. <laughs> so, so the Eskies, they were really able to get after uh, Mike Riley last week, and mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Riley does hang on to the ball a little bit sometimes. They're not going to have that luxury with Matt Nichols. If they're going to nope. bring the pressure against the Bombers, they better yeah, hope that seconds. they get to Nichols. 
You have three to four seconds, and that's that's that is uh, on the high side. Oh yeah, and uh, I know that Paul Lapalise with the bye week, he's going to have some funky things going on with that offense. I think. Well, they are five and zero after a bye since two thousand seventeen. Uh, he's going to have something cooked up, whether it be special teams or on the offense. Uh, you know, because you know Edmonton's going to be sending some pressure. Uh, he's going to have something that's going to beat that pressure, and especially with guys in the in the lineup like Chris Matthews and Lucky Whitehead. Uh, if they're in single coverage, you basically just have to throw the ball up and let them run under it. So, you know, and if if you don't, if they are in man coverage, but you give them a cushion, well, then I mean, the, the bubble screen or, or a curl pattern is there. Like they can do a lot of things against this defense this week. Uh, and like you said, Matt Nichols gets rid of the ball really quick, which is a really good thing. So over the past number of seasons, Andrew Harris has been an Eskimo slayer. Mm-hmm. Huh. Is that going to be their focus? I, I feel like they've tried to focus on him before, and it just hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah, how's that worked out in the last couple of years? <laughs> it um, hasn't. If I, if I, if I am uh, Edmonton's defensive coordinator, I am focusing on stopping Andrew Harris and making Matt Nichols beat me. Because if I focus on stopping Matt Nichols, Andrew Harris is going to destroy. He's going to run for 150 and three touchdowns. So I, I, I am trying to stop Andrew Harris at all costs and make the adjustment as the game goes if, if it if it doesn't work. At the same time, what the heck is the Bomber defense going to do to limit uh, Trevor Harris and the Eskimo offense? Because I'd say the biggest question mark on the Bombers altogether overall is probably mm-hmm. the secondary. They've only had the one mm-hmm. game so far together. They did lose some veteran talent. And <laughs> Trevor Harris, he hasn't been hit. He hasn't been sacked. If the Bombers can't get to him, he's going to keep putting up big numbers, I think. And... You give any quarterback time, and yeah. he's going to make plays. And, and you know, we saw it. We, we except for the exception of James Franklin, it seems. But any any quarterback is going to make plays if he's given time. And that offensive line that we didn't quite know what to expect out of it uh, coming in, it kind of seemed, you know, with with guys retiring and and maybe not being what we thought they were. Uh, after being drafted in the last couple of years, has really bonded and, and come together. And like you said, Travis Bond is a backup. So it shows how good this line is. And, you know, Trevor Harris, between, like, Trevor Harris, Bo Levi Mitchell, and, and Mike Riley, if, if they have a decent old line in front of them, uh, they're going to put up the numbers week in and week out. And I, I and it's the same thing in Edmonton, though, too. Like, do, you pick, do, you, do you try to stop Trevor Harris or do you try to stop C.J. Gable? Three straight 100-yard games. Right, like I, I don't know what to do here. If I if I if I'm the one to pick defense, like I think this is going to be the closest game of the week, and it could come down it could come down to like a last possession kind of thing. But I think it's also going to be you know relatively high scoring. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the heavyweight clash of uh, week three. That's for sure. I want to know your over under here. Uh, how how long is the delay going to be tonight mm-hmm. in Winnipeg? There's a high of 28 last Ugh. year when these teams played in Winnipeg there was a massive thunderstorm the Reclaws were set to be playing who are actually playing halftime as a part of the Thursday night concert mm-hmm. series what kind of delay are we going to have long live the night bowl 
Oh, I hope it's not long because I do have to work Friday morning. Uh, that being said, I don't I don't foresee any delays after I check just checked the weather. Okay, awesome. That twenty eight <laughs> degrees though, those linemen they're not going to like yep. it. No, I will. Be, I would not go to that game. I would be sitting in my air conditioning. <laughs> See, I would I would rather go to minus twenty eight than plus twenty eight. Who, you know what? <laughs> I've it's been not to even, some, it's not even a debate for me. I've been to some damn hot games on the east side in Regina. <laughs> it cooks you. Like yeah. I I actually have short-term Swampy. memory loss because my brain partially cooked to a good medium rare. It's just it's called heat stroke. <laughs> oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> you you're telling me my Pilsner cardboard cowboy hat didn't protect me from that? <laughs> That might have added to it. <laughs> uh, let's do the uh, let's do our pick 'em at the end of all this thing. Uh, who are you going to okay. focus on on fantasy in this game? Um, Edmonton. I mean, you could basically go with any either Greg Ellison or Kenny Stafford. I mean, they've been putting up some pretty decent numbers early on. CJ Gable, fourteen point seven in the nine starts he's had against Winnipeg. Trevor Harris, uh, eighteen point eight. Uh, against Winnipeg. Matt Nichols, 17.7 against the Esks in his career. Andrew Harris, uh, the highest uh, points per game this week with 16.7 in 24 starts uh, against the Eskimos. Uh, Chris Matthews, the second highest receiver this week at 22.2 points per game against the Eskimos. That's only two games, pretty small sample size. Uh, But then uh, Darvin Adams at 12.2. So, I mean, that's your second highest guy. Uh, but he has been finding some uh, chemistry with uh, Drew Wolitarski as well, so that might be a matchup to look forward to. He's the touchdown machine. It seems like every second mm-hmm. Kefie ma- catch he makes is a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> oh, not even fair. It's, it's just uh, awesome. Uh, it seems like you're picking straws when it comes to an Eskimo receiver. Ricky Collins mm-hmm. had the big week one. Ellingson had the big one last week. I think he's probably the the biggest sure thing. Uh, because the the Harrison Ellingson connection, he's got 240 yards through two games. So I, I, yeah, I really please. like uh, Greg Ellingson uh, sure. uh, on your team in this one against the the Blue Bombers secondary. If they can't get any pressure mm-hmm. on Mister Trevor Harris, uh, let's go to Friday Night Football, where the Alouettes are in Hamilton, and the Owls have run into. Some injury issues here. Markway McDaniel has been added to Montreal staff as an offensive assistant. So there's a there's a note there. They're starting to get some uh, CFL experience in that coaching staff. <laughs> and now they're now they're capped out for coaching well, staff they are, as well. Yeah, <laughs> that is number eleven. Uh, no, and you know the experience uh, is never a bad thing. They obviously need it there. Um, you know, maybe not the most coaching experience, but he has played. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Kahari, Kahari needs all the help he can get right now. Vernon Adams is, is going to start this game at quarterback as uh, Antonio Pipkin is out with a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Adams is a 3-1 and one record as a starting quarterback, but the big injury, I think, with the Owls is Taylor Loeffler. 
their big prized Canadian safety that they signed uh, from Winnipeg in the offseason has a knee injury, and he actually has torn the ACL in his right knee twice in the past. It looks like this one is not going to be serious, and they're calling him week to week. But because of the Loeffler injury and because of a Bola Combo injury who has fractured ribs, he only hopes to be out this week. That's two Canadian starters that all of a sudden mm-hmm. puts the Owls in a little bit of a bind. And you got to find a way to shuffle the ratio and make it work. Uh, not, not only is Taylor Loeffler a huge loss on the defensive side of the ball as your safety, and you know he plays that old school way, but he's also Canadian. Uh, his passport makes it that much bigger of a loss. So they're going to have to figure something out. Uh, and, you know, Bola Combo ribs, it's it's hard to say when he's going to be back. I, I know he says he only wants to be We're hoping he's only out for this week. but That sounds painful uh, to come back after one week. Yeah. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly won the Stanley Cup in the Conn Smythe with cracked ribs, but there's no chance I'd be even doing it. I wouldn't be playing football with, with ribs like that. You wouldn't no be chance. out of bed. <laughs> Oh, I'd have to be so I could play video games. <laughs> Come on, you would mount that TV right above your bed so you wouldn't have to move. No, no, no. My dad would mount it. My stepdad <laughs> would mount it right above my bed so I wouldn't have to move. Or just a series of mirrors. A series of mirrors, like strategically placed around your condo. <laughs> yes, I like it. Uh, looks like Spencer Wilson might get into this game at left guard. And Greg mm-hmm. Reed, uh, a rookie defensive back that made his debut with the Alouettes in the preseason and made some made some plays, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Ticats end up releasing Canadian Brian Jones, uh, but they have signed Anthony Coombs. Maybe we could see him draw in to the roster this week. That would be a welcome addition, uh, you know. A scary addition to that offense. Oh, yeah, because that's just what they need in Hamilton, right, yeah. after scoring 64 points. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it doesn't look like Luke Tasker is going to be able to play in this one. Some scary reports from an injury he had in week one. They're calling it a shoulder issue, but in the locker room he was coughing up blood in that one, so it sounds like he took a bit of a pounding. Uh, but due to the Luke Tasker injury, it's just uh, next guy up. Braylon Addison came in last week and ended up scoring mm-hmm. a, a hat trick of touchdowns. Uh, maybe he's another good option against the Alouette defense. Uh, I think everybody's a good pick against the Alouette defense right now. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, we'll reveal our lineups at the end of this thing, but I went all in on getting Brandon Banks in there. <laughs> well, I, I know that they are better, but with Loeffler and Lacumbo out, I think they are right for the picking. Is Brandon Banks, what's the over-under? 450 all-purpose yards. <laughs> I'll take the under. He might. They might rest him at halftime. That's what I'm scared of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know what to say here. Although, now if I just if I just said to you, what team this week has the best chance of upsetting a favorite? I don't. I I won't really put an underdog in the Edmonton or Winnipeg game. I don't know Damn if there's <laughs> underdog in the BC Calgary game. Oh, it's a double point spread in that game. Calgary is double point favorites. Yes. Wow. I think it's I think it's sitting at ten and a half right now. Okay, so the last three games of the week: Montreal, 
BC and Toronto are clear underdogs. Which one has the best chance of uh, upsetting this week? It's it's BC 100%. It's BC. Yeah. Uh, Montreal, I, I don't. The way Hamilton's playing right now, I just don't see how Montreal is the team that upsets them. I guess I wonder uh, unless, if it's a bit of a trap game. Well, that, unless they lay a complete egg. And then, right? and then Vernon Adams, he just gets let loose and is able to do yeah. what they allow him to do. Uh, yeah, and and the Argos, we won't even know. Man, um, you know what? I've watched <laughs> enough Ryder football in my time on this planet. Oh, that one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I mean, I, I might take Toronto to cover. They are eleven point dogs, uh, but BC a ten point dog um, with Mike Riley and the emergence of Lamar Durant. He's still got Brian Burnham. That I think that's your best chance. Man, I just it's been five years since Calgary lost at home before Labor Day. To do it twice in one year? Ah, I I, I feel like they are they're almost a lock to win this one. But Montreal Hamilton I mean, is there a case to have every single uh spot on your roster a Tiger Cat? Uh yes, actually there is. <laughs> I don't know so, if you can technically afford it, but... No, you cannot. You can barely afford to have Banks and Masoli together. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> Masoli in that's, his career... That's almost the th- two-thirds of your lineup right there. <laughs> yeah, that's it's about $25,000. Wow. So, <laughs> Masoli, four career starts against the Alouettes, 24.3. Brandon Banks, 12 games, 14.1. Tasker not playing, more than likely... Still nine games at 13.7. Braylon Addison in his one game, 23.3. That is the highest average for a receiver this week. And Sean Thomas, Sean Thomas Erlington is averaging six in his career. Uh, he hasn't played against the Owls yet, but, I mean, uh, looking what he's done so far, I think it'd be a pretty safe assumption that he would have a good week too. You have to keep picking Sean Thomas Erlington. There is no he's so cheap. There's no argument against it right now until hmm. in, until his price goes up. He's averaging over seven yards a carry, and he's averaging yeah. over fifteen yards a catch right now. It's it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> but even when he comes out of the game, I mean, Hamilton's got depth at running back as well. He got banged up, and in comes mm-hmm. Malik Irons. They give him two carries, and he's got a touchdown there. 9.2 points, and he's only 2500 bucks. I, I think Hamilton made a nice decision by going all-Canadian mm-hmm. at that position. And it looks to be working out, and it helps him everywhere else, right? Yeah, it, it totally does. And then... Uh, on the other side of the ball, if you did choose to venture and live dangerously, you can get Vernon, Vernon Adams for $5,571. One game against Hamilton averaged 24.7 points. Brandon Bridge is worth about uh, 35 bucks more than Vernon Adams. Yeah, because that makes sense. <laughs> Don't, we'll, get all in, we'll get into the value of quarterbacks in the last game because it's an absolute joke this week. Um, you know, William Stanback in his two games against Hamilton, 14.3. Uh, if Jeremiah Johnson draws in, 15.3. Eugene Lewis uh, in the three games that he's played against Hamilton averaged 15.9 points. Uh, wow, interesting. Yeah. So and and like he's 
like you said, if they let Vernon Adams loose, he could do some damage. Before we get to the third game of the week, i got to mention that this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. I think in today's economic political, whatever climate, Albertans like to stick together more than ever. So if you want to know where your money's going, that's what you're doing when you support Park Power because it's local. They, they, they keep the money here in Alberta. They share their profits with local uh, charities that are working to make a difference for their communities in Alberta. So if you want to do all of that, you can do it with Park Power. You can make the switch at parkpower.ca. It's super easy. they got a calculator on there. You can plop in what you're paying for your energy now. It'll show you how much you'll save, and you can make the switch really, really easily to Park Power. Get all the details at parkpower.ca. And that third game of the week is the BC Lions in Calgary to take on the Calgary Stampeders and Brazilian Ty, Bo Levi Mitchell has lost four of his last five starts. Not including the West Final and Grey Cup? Apparently. And that has okay. to be the <laughs> roughest uh, patch of his career. I would think so, saying the guy's got, what, three losses? <laughs> like he's... And four of them came in his last five games? Like, come on. If he retires now, it's the all-time <laughs> best winning percentage. So regular season games, here's what they did last year uh, against BC, October 13th, a loss, 20th against the Riders, loss, uh, 26th against the Bombers, loss. Last game of the year in BC, uh, they end up winning, and then last week they lost against Ottawa. So this is a rough patch for Bo Mitchell, and I I can't say I don't like it. (laughs) No, I... I am a huge fan. There's a great uh, cup in there, but yeah. <laughs> yes, Who there cares? is. <laughs> the only thing I don't like is, you know, he's going to come out of this at one point, and it's going to yeah. be guns a-blazing, and he's going to be putting up numbers, and you know who's going to get to play? The Riders. Yep. Uh, July 6th. It's coming up soon. <laughs> yep, yep. And he'll go off, and, you know, they'll beat us by 30, and everybody will be going home with their tail tucked between their legs. Hey, Lisa, as long as I can get some Milky Way ice cream on Victoria in uh, Regina, I'll be a happy guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Calgary's 11 and 1 after a bye since 2012. And the last mm-hmm. time the Lions started a season 0 and 3, I think it ended Don't up you being dare 0 and 5. Say it. Was 2011. What happened at the end of that year? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying Mike Riley is Travis Lule, but they're basically best friends. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Because, like, you know, Lule was a, is, is so much better. <laughs> hey, at that time, he was a, he was That's a monster. That's fair. At that time, he was the starter and arguably pretty close to the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Well, he was MOP, so. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so BC had a decent year. Yeah. I mean. uh, Brett Boyko heads to the one-game injured list for the BC Lions. I guess he suffered a leg injury in camp, and it's been affecting him. That kind of explains things because he's mm-hmm. been getting lit up and looks like he's been having a tough time. But if he's playing hurts, I guess that's how it goes. The Lions end up signing uh, Brandon Dozier, who was with the Montreal Alouettes the past two years, and they release quarterback Ricky Lloyd. So they are making some changes here in uh, BC. John Simon Waugh will now play center with Boyko out. Uh, Dozier is going to play safety as Anthony Thompson 
moves to corner. So they're making some changes ahead of this game in Calgary. As far as Calgary goes, they're pretty banged up at the defensive tackle position. So they had to sign mm-hmm. a uh, veteran D lineman there in Jabbar Westerman. But it's it, we don't know if he's going to be in game shape yet. We'll have to look at the... Uh, at the depth chart, but they have taken a beating at that position. Junior Turner is out. S.A. Marabre is out. They they wanted to go Canadian there in the absence. Not counting the guys that left. Yeah, uh, the guys that left that position in Calgary here. How do you see this game going, man? I man, the the amount of the amount of changes on the BC side of the ball really worries me. Uh, but the way Calgary's defense is so beat up right now, it worries me a little less. But I think all that does is really even the playing field. And and I, I still see Calgary coming away with a win. You know what? I see them coming away with a win as well. I just don't I, – I, I think I like BC covering that spread, though. Ooh, you might just convince me by the end of tonight. <laughs> and there, let's be honest, there's no good money line picks this week. It's complete no. trash. Yeah, like, it is. I mean, the best odds I can get is Winnipeg at plus 215. Yeah, or at minus 215. So, yeah, I got to bet 215 bucks to win 100. No thanks. Um, and I hate I hate parlays because just throw money away. So I might have to be betting on spreads this week, and I don't <laughs> like that at all. Uh, I have John White on my fantasy team this week and I know it's a risk but they mm-hmm. have to run the ball and with, do they though yes look at <laughs> oh okay look at what they've done <laughs> it's been an absolute joke what their offense has it's like my love life it's just disappointing <laughs> they have to commit to running the ball and 100%. with what Ottawa did uh, and Luke Mullinder said it on Twitter, and I think a lot of people say it. The CFL is a copycat league. Ottawa mm-hmm. beat up Calgary in week one. They gave Moses Madu 24 carries. John White should have Moses no less. Moses John White should have no less than 20 carries. And with, with, with Calgary beat up on the defensive line, make them earn it and beat them into submission. That's what the Lions have to do. I'm not confident they'll do it. Yeah. But can John White survive 20 carries? I don't know if he can, but throw him out there and try to get him to do it. <laughs> I mean, you have Brandon Rutley, too. They do, and he's been returning kicks, which I yeah. thought was strange, but he ended up returning one for a touchdown. So what do I know? Yeah. Uh, apparently everything. <laughs> so I, John White, he's only 4500 bucks. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw him in there just because I, I feel like the Lions, if they don't run the ball, what are they, they doing? Lose. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, they do have Mike Riley, 14 starts against Calgary, 22.4 uh, points per game, a, just a, like a point above his career average. But, he, I mean, he's $11,554. He's not fourteen grand anymore, but still, it's a little crazy. Uh, Brandon Rutley, John, Wright, uh, John White, excuse me, 11.7, 9.2 respectively. Uh, and then uh, Brian Burnham, 11.4. Lamar Durant doesn't have any career numbers against Calgary, obviously. Uh, but his career average is only 6.7. His usage in Calgary wasn't uh, anything to write home about, but he's starting to get some chemistry with Mike Riley. Uh, so, and at 43, just over 4,300 bucks, that could be a really good pick. And Duron Carter, 
Uh, 5.7 points against Calgary. They've been able to shut him down somewhat. Uh, his career average is 13, though. And, I mean, with the way Calgary's defense is right now, he could put up some numbers uh, come Saturday night. I've also got Reggie Bagleton well. in my lineup this week. I, I just feel like he's going to have a big year. And just with the way things are going in uh, a BC, as far as the secondary goes, I, I think Bagleton will be able to have a nice game. Same with uh Breskison, although he took a bit of a spill at practice, he's probably going to be pretty sore for this one. And obviously, you know, Eric Rogers. If if the stamps yeah. make it to the red zone, it, it's it's just like Bo looks for Rogers right away there, and I, I can't blame him because the guy's a monster. No, uh, yeah, Bo eighteen point five ten career starts. Don Jackson fifteen point one in the two games he's played. Uh, that's pretty decent. I mean, I think it was good for second or third highest average, uh, third highest average this week. Uh, and then Eric Rogers, 16.1. Marquise Ambles, uh, 15.3 in the two games he's played against BC. And he's relatively cheap. Uh, Reggie Bagleton, 9.4. So right at his career average. Uh, so, I mean, there is uh, there is chances to, to get some... And, I mean, th- there's no real expensive receivers for Calgary. I mean, no. Eric Rogers will cost you just under 5,800. Other than that, they're all really good values. The Stamps, another team that has to get their running game going, so we'll see if they can get mm-hmm. Jackson going against the Lions. The last game of the week is a Canada Day showdown between the Argos and the Riders. Starting with some Argos notes, Mercer Timmis retires at 25 years old. It looks like he suffered a concussion in the preseason, and I, I love the story of Timmis getting drafted by the team that his grandfather played for uh, even great-grandfather years ago. Uh, so th- that uh, that name and that bloodline playing for the Tiger Cats, and it looked like he had some promise with the Tiger Cats mm-hmm. last year. But, man, it, 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 we see more and more players just saying, you know what, uh, the head injuries aren't worth it, so I'm just going to walk away from the game. It's 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 too bad to see a guy leave so young, but at the same time, you, you get it. it you get it too. Well, it, it does suck to see him leave. I mean, he he could be a great talent in this league. Uh, at the same time, it, it's refreshing to see him leave. And I, I know we are a football podcast, and, and we love the game and everything. Uh, but I I honestly do not know if in thirty years we're still going to have full contact football, right? With, with with the amount of research that's gone into it, so I under I, I it's nice to see him leave on his own terms. I should say it's not nice to see him leave, but on his own terms, he's I know he suffered a concussion in the preseason, uh, but he he realizes it and he knows and he doesn't want to have to his life uh, compromised after football. Uh, so he gets out early and you know gets to leave on his own terms and, and leave his life the way he sees fit. Zach Medeiros is back in Toronto to punt. Um, Ronnie Pfeffer won't be able to play, so that's what's happening mm-hmm. here. And speaking of Toronto punters, I guess Logan Paul, that douchebag on YouTube, he put up a hundred grand to any YouTube celebrity to race him. And Donald De La Haye on the practice roster for the Argos, he's a YouTube star destroying himself, challenged Logan Paul to the race to win the hundred grand. And he accepted it. <laughs> is oh this the, is this the biggest race since Donovan Bailey and Michael Johnson? 
Oh, I don't know. I had a race a couple years ago in the Cheers parking lot against a buddy I played slow pitch with, and I blew him away. <laughs> Is Logan Paul going to blow the hammy like Michael Johnson? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. And then still pay the hundred grand? I don't know. No, I don't he, think it's going to get he paid. He won't pay it. I don't think it's going to get paid. No. <laughs> did you see the comments after he said it? What did he say? Or what, what, like when, what was when said? Lo- when Logan Paul said... Hundred grand or whatever says I'm the fastest celebrity on YouTube. Didn't say it running or anything, and somebody commented with at what filming dead bodies. Ooh. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm leaving this because I don't need to get into this wormhole. <laughs> uh, as for the Riders, they end up selecting offensive lineman Jake Bennett in the supplemental mm-hmm. draft that ended up happening on Wednesday. And you know what? They're only giving up a third rounder yep. for this guy. He was actually in the AAF playing center for the Salt Lake Stallions, but he went to Colorado State here. I feel like the Riders are getting a bit of a bargain here for only a third round pick. Yeah, it's, you can never have enough offensive linemen, it seems. Uh, and, you know, if he was good enough to play in the AAF. Uh, you know, their offensive line play to start the year was pretty bad, but it got a little better, uh, you know, and like I said, only a third-round pick, not not that detrimental if it doesn't work out. And the Riders know uh, a supplemental draft pick, Jeremy O'Day, who ended up becoming mm-hmm. a yes. uh, bit of a rough rider legend. And well, That, you, that is fair and you know. current GM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who apparently didn't know you should take an O-lineman in the, in the first round of the draft, but we won't get into that. <laughs> Now, is uh, is the water in Regina what the Ryder defense needs, or are we going to make uh, James Franklin look like an Eastern All-Star? I don't think any defense is going to make James Franklin look like an East All-Star. <laughs> like, that was pathetic. You know well, I'm not blaming him. Last week? No, while well, he spent an hour, like it seemed like they had the they only had the ball for – what 20 like 20 seconds yeah (laughs) like the the defense just gave up everything uh his o-line play in front of him was not good uh it's and you know what happened to his price this week did it after 6.6 432 dollars get out of here cfl fantasy football (laughs) the guy scored 6.6 points last week i get it the riders gave up 41 last week but come on that's a little ridiculous to me. I I actually – now, I, I don't know if I'm overreacting here, but I, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards uh, some members of the Rough Rider offense, and it's been a long time since we've said that for anyone other mm-hmm. than maybe a running back mm-hmm. because um, of what they did against Ottawa, and I don't think anybody's going to disagree that Ottawa's defense is a lot better than Toronto's. You would think. Uh, didn't really look like it last week. But, uh, you know, William Powell in his four games, 12 points a game. Uh, Cody Fajardo, I mean, 29.4 points last week. It's his only career start. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, Roosevelt, Naaman Roosevelt averages 17.5 points per game in his five games against Toronto. Good for third highest this week in averages. Uh, Shaq Evans, 7.8. Kyron Moore, 7.1. Corey Watson, 7.8. Uh I mean, if Toronto's defense plays like they did last week, these guys could put up some big numbers. And we're still waiting to see if Arsenal is going to be in the lineup or if he's going to be 
uh, injured or what, what's going to happen there. And, I mean, that's there's 12 points uh, fantasy-wise as well. Shaq Evans had 103 yards and a touchdown last week. Kyron Moore at 117 yards. Naaman Roosevelt had five catches for 59 yards. It kind of looked like uh, Fajardo would go to him for the catches that they needed uh, mm-hmm. when he really trusted him. And Roosevelt made some really tough catches against Ottawa. Which, which is par for the course for him, really. Yeah, so it kind of seems like Fajardo trusts Roosevelt, mm-hmm. uh, I guess Arsenal's been sort of a limited participant. So I think those are going to be the guys we're looking at is more mm-hmm. Evans and Roosevelt. And then uh, Powell, as long as he doesn't fumble it and get benched. And the, the the Argo defense took a beating last week as well. So they might be down to some backups playing uh, after after last week when guys were leaving the game. I just, I, it, it's hard for me to see a scenario where the Rough Riders lose this one at the same time. We've said that before. At the same time, it's really easy for me to see a scenario. We'll remember this time last year when they lost a home game to the Montreal Alouettes with Drew Willie at the helm. Oh. And th- that basically cost them a bye in the semifinal. But I did bet the farm on the Blue Bombers in the West Semi, so it worked out very well. Um, so James Franklin has one start against the Riders in his career. Do you want to guess how many points he got? Oh, I'm going to guess that he it was probably with uh, Edmonton, and he probably lit him up. Uh, point, 0.4 points. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. His career average is only 14. He'll cost you $9,900. Man, okay, let's let's do the pick 'em yeah. for the week. I've got every <laughs> home team: Winnipeg, yep. Hamilton, Calgary, Saskatchewan. What about you? I have exactly the same. Man, this is boring. Well, that, <laughs> that means we're one, good though. for at least two upsets. I would say. Oh, don't you dare! <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it'll it'll be Montreal and BC, and Toronto will end up losing. <laughs> What's your fantasy lineup? Uh, Cody Fajardo, obviously, uh, William Powell, Don Jackson, Braylon Addison, Chris Matthews, Naaman Roosevelt. I have the top three uh, receivers with points per game averages this week in my lineup. And I'm cheating this week. I'm going no defense because everybody else is doing it. I'm embracing the cheat. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You know what? I felt so dirty doing it, but there's no value on the defensive side of the ball. No, and, and when the cheapest guy, when the cheapest defense is thirty two hundred dollars, it, it and you know, it, oh great, yeah, so I'll pick a thirty two hundred dollar defense to lose me points. That's what I want. Well, how would you like to see them change this? For me, I would like to see them include special teams with the defense, like including kicks, all of it, returns. So then you, you take and, the returns away kicking. from the individual. Yeah. Hmm. I like that better. Just because, well, I mean, Hamilton, but at the same time, I could see Vernon Adams doing some fun things, too. So uh, they're still over $4,000. I I just don't, Mm -hmm. I don't like spending that much. The Bomber defense is 6,300 against Trevor Harris and the Eskimos. There's zero chance. Yeah, there's zero chance I'm going to spend any money on that. If I did that, they would be... Actually, more than my quarterback. They would be the second most expensive position uh, on my team. <laughs> Behind Brandon Banks. 
<laughs> okay, so how much salary did you have left? I have just under $3,000, I believe. I have twenty-seven fifty-six. I might still mess with my lineup. Uh, weird. But I have $0 left. Well, then you can't mess around with it. You have to leave it. Cody Fajardo, John White, Sean Thomas Erlington, Brandon Banks, Naaman Roosevelt, and Reggie Bagleton. Zero dollars left. Let's go. You you cannot change it. You can't. I think I just have to leave it because of that. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Or else, like, if you change it and then you you come in and you lose your CFPN matchup this week and it's because you you tinkered with a $0 lineup you're going to you're going to hate yourself forever <laughs> the CFPN fantasy league we both had wins last week so that was that was mm-hmm. really nice this week you were against the BC Lions then podcast so Brian will be filling out a lineup and I am against super fan Mike from the Eskimo Empire podcast and they were the two, I think, lowest scores last week. Brian had 66. Superfan had 68. If they could just do that again, that would be great. Or, you know, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, that that too. I do think yeah, that Brandon that. Banks could put up 60. So <laughs> <laughs> Just Chikai. <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm going to point you into the direction of makeshift stories alan is the creator of the podcast it's a bi-weekly journey into the improbable speculative fiction sci-fi and fantasy stories for all ages so if you want story time and you want that in prod- podcast form i love that idea head to makeshift stories a part of the alberta podcast network all the great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com and also if you want any cfl tickets this week actually tickets for anything concerts included and you want it all in canadian dollars seatgiant.ca use the promo code apn you're going to save five percent it's not nothing and you're going to help out the alberta podcast network in the process as well seatgiant.ca and you'll save 5% and uh, help out the network. It's APN, the promo code at checkout, APN at seatgiant.ca. Brazilian Ty, are you heading back to week or back to work, or what's going on? Uh, potentially Friday, but I looked at the forecast up by Wandering River, and they're supposed to get an inch of rain, so I don't see the point. Uh, other than that, maybe Tuesday. All right, so you might be at home for the long weekend watching football. How many Cokes are you going to put away? I will be at home for the long weekend because it will only be a day trip Friday if we do go. Uh, Let's see, so I'll have Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, uh, 30. (laughs) So I'll be camping in Banff, and uh, I might approach that number as well. I don't know. There's something... I'm kind of weird. Instead of sitting around the fire with a cold can of beer, I just crush Cokes. Like, I just shotgun the bad boys. I love it. But yet you can't shotgun a beer faster than Zach Evans. Hey, I have no, uh, I am not ashamed of that fact. <laughs> no, and you shouldn't be. I blame all my friends for not having me shotgunning beers growing up. Oh, so now this is my fault. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's fair, because I am a borderline. Well, I won't finish that statement. <laughs> Uh, all the the fantasy numbers and everything I'm going to put up 
uh, either tonight or first thing in the morning, so people will have access to those on the website at 2 as well. Yes, check that out, and we have a new recruit, Kyle Marshall. Mm-hmm. I met him while I uh, worked in Saskatoon. He actually posted an article about his Week 3 predictions and uh, a preview for the week. He'll be contributing to 2 on a regular basis. So welcome to Kyle. Read his stuff on the website and be nice to him, okay? I don't want to suspend him like Brazilian tie. He seems like a way nicer guy than I am, though. Yeah, so I don't, he, see, I don't see people getting mad at him too quick. Yeah, he's he's nicer than you, that's for sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's a low bar. <laughs> Throw us a subscription on Google or Apple Podcasts. Hey, Spotify as well. We'll talk to you Tuesday after the long weekend. Happy Canada Day. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.